Welcome to Pixelated Realms, your guide through the digital landscape, untangling the mysteries of your favorite titles and discussing the latest and greatest in video game fun. I'm your host, Alex Salerno, and alongside me is my brother, Tyler, and my good friend, Dustin. First stream of the new year. 2024. All right. Hey, everyone. Glad to be Good to be back. Good to be uh, talking about some 2024 games. I know we all got to do a little bit of gaming over the break, so excited to talk about that. And uh, yeah, and have another year of uh, awesome pixelated realms. Just yeah. about the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> new year, new us. How was your guys' uh, break? Would you guys do anything fun? See family? Yeah, I have this one family member who's just crazy, man. Like, every, he always talks about video games, and, you know, it's just really annoying. Can't <laughs> stop me. about him. He's a real piece of shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great. It was a great holiday. Um, you know, it was uh, my my day job decided to throw some extra work on me right before the holiday, so I was a little a little worried about that. But um, it was very relaxing. Uh, we all had a great time. Uh, if if you know, we have a big family, so it's always a party. Um, and uh, and yeah, gotta gotta visit the in laws and uh, and do all that good stuff. So I'm I'm very happy. And uh, and uh, it was a, it was a great little holiday. Uh, how about you, Dustin? It was good. I just noticed, like, it, we have like almost identical glasses. <laughs> all, all three of us, actually. When you, yeah. Alex has very similar glasses to these. <laughs> well, as it wasn't well. on purpose, yeah. everyone. It just happens to be the way it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't have um, my glasses nearby. <laughs> glasses, bro. No, the podcast break was good. You know, just uh, we didn't have as much family come out as I was expecting, so we overbought a little bit on food, which is common already because my mom's crazy and she's like. There's always like three days worth of leftovers, um, which is good <laughs> unless you're trying to eat keto and then it's right bad. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so good luck keeping uh, a diet during holiday. But, um, but no, everything right was good. You. I, you know, it's kind of crazy because me and my wife were talking about yesterday too, like uh, not on the holiday, but just like how crazy like travel's already been in terms of like accidents that are happening and like yeah. also just like, like, natural disasters there's been like obviously the horrible uh earthquake in japan but there's been like multiple earthquakes yeah. in california and like a plane door ripped off uh in uh, in la i think um landing in la and then obviously like the disaster in japan with the collision on so it's just been crazy and like emily's been texting me also alex like what's going on it's like so much crazy <laughs> So um, yeah, hopefully that doesn't <laughs> I, continue. <laughs> I read somewhere that I thought that I thought this was funny. It was like, you know, in what was it, 2012, when they thought the world was going to end, or like maybe it actually did, and it's just slowly <laughs> falling apart. <laughs> like, like in that, we're actually in like manifest that TV show. If you guys have ever seen that, uh, it's <laughs> not very good, but um, it's uh, <laughs> I feel like we're in that show almost, where just all this shit is happening. The world is slowly decaying. I mean, technically, like, you could, like, make that argument at any point. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, the first year of existence, everything was going downhill from there, right? I mean, it doesn't really <laughs> know, change man. anything. From 2016 until now, it is just, but there's, like, a really good meme. It's, it's like, a popular meme right now. It shows, like, John Travolta in Greece, and, like, they're all happy driving. And then it shows John Travolta with, in Pulp Fiction, where, like, after oh. she ODs. And it's like, oh, I was no. like, you could do this from 2016 entering 
to then like leaving 2023 and it's just like those fucking years i feel like everyone's <laughs> aged like 20 years i know right <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, my generation eats trauma for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> like millennials yeah. <laughs> yeah. can Good survive. Good morning, quote. Yeah, well, lovely. Well, today we're going to talk about our predictions for the new year. We're going to talk about our most anticipated games a little bit. Uh, what we think, maybe new consoles. We don't know. There's some rumors going around. Uh, we don't have any housekeeping today. So our only housekeeping is that we're back. It's a new year. We're starting fresh. So we're excited to come and bring you guys new content every Tuesday and, and you know, keep discussing kind of the grassroots level of video games. So, sorry, I'm reading my notes. I'm making sure I don't forget stuff because I do that a lot where I skip over things. So um, what... What have you guys been playing? What, what we had a lot we of time. Playing? Yeah. We had a lot of time over over break. A lot of time, and you know, catching it up on our backlog and stuff. So, what have you guys been playing? You first, Dustin. Go for it. Uh, well, funny enough, I've been playing a lot of Spider Man, so I had to rock my Deadstock Louise Black Hat uh, Venom Spider Man shirt. <laughs> first time I've ever worn it. Actually, I just got it. Ban us YouTube. Now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, Dead Stock Louise, super dope shirt, not rocking low-key geeks today. But, yeah, I've been playing Spider-Man 2. Tell me. Uh, really, really amazing. I actually didn't play the first Spider-Man because I didn't have a PlayStation at the time. And um, so, But I played Miles Morales. It was the first game I played when I got PS5, and it was fantastic. Like, super good. Like, I didn't plot it, but I got really close. So just I was just swinging around, completing missions. And then, like... They just made it better. They like legitimately they just, just put the yeah. game and made like this better version. And I know a lot of people like hate that whole idea of like, oh, like it's a reskin or like, oh, it's like not innovative and no, different. Not but at it's, all. Like, yeah. I also like enjoy the fact that like some of the moves were the same. Like they added enough new things where it felt like new and fresh and um, were like still being familiar. So I don't know, like it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I'm still, you know, jumping around doing side missions right now. But the story took me probably about 23 hours God. total, which for yeah. me, like I sent out a tweet yesterday. Uh, um, I forget her name, but this writer for Inverse was talking about like any game after that's longer than 10 hours should have to get approval from Congress. Yeah. Um, I have that, uh, you okay. know, and I would call her and I was like, you know, anything between like 20 to 25 hours, I think is my sweet spot. Like, after that, oh, and she actually spot. replied yeah. and agreed um, because I feel like oh, right. after 25 hours, it starts to almost feel like a chore, you know, where yeah. I mean, I, there's certain games. Well, that it depends on the it. game, too. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's a big like, debate, actually. And it, it's it almost goes into like what I'm playing right now, because I've been playing uh, the new Avatar Frontiers of Pandora game and I'm about 25 hours in and I don't even feel like I've started. It's so it, it's it's an interesting topic. I won't dive into it now. I want to hear more about Spider Man too. But yeah, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a really we could do a whole episode on like length of games. You <laughs> I know? know, maybe we should do like a YouTube video essay on that because that yeah. would then we could easily do like a two hours of just that conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but I mean, Spider Man too. Like I haven't got. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I've I have you two have played it. I haven't had the chance to play it yet. Um, I've just seen some incredible videos of people doing just the most fun web slinging stuff. As far yeah. as like the story mm-hmm. went, did you feel like it was a tried and true like Spider Man story? Like, did we have a good 
array of like villains. I saw Venom was in this one. Um, like, kind of yeah. hype me up on that. Like, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. There's a lot of like characters that make cameos in it. And Alex, I know you're playing. I don't know. If I know. Are you, have you played at all since you told me where you were? No, I'm still. Um, I don't want to spoil it too hard for any of our listeners or anything like that. But I'm, I'm probably like two thirds of the way through. But no, I'm still at that spot. Cool. So. I will say, like, the very first thing you kind of learn in the game, so this is a spoiler, but not super spoiler. Basically, one of the main antagonists, he's from, like, Russia, or at least Eastern Europe, and, like, he can't find somebody who can challenge him. He wants to, like, he's like a hunter, right? And so he wants to try to find him. I think I know who you're talking about. I mean, I don't think think that the main, who the main bad guy is, is, I don't think it's a spoiler. You could just yeah. say it's Craven so the Hunter. Craven, you know, he comes to New York <laughs> and he's looking for challenges. So you get to see a ton of Spider-Man villains because he is targeting different mm-hmm. villains. So they make cameos throughout mm-hmm. because he's hunting them. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of really interesting how they do it because a lot of them are like not actually villains in the game. They're just kind of in the game. And uh, so, yeah, it's really interesting how they kind of bring all these people into the game and you get to interact with them uh, in a new way while also having, yeah, Venom as a bad guy. Um, I mean, well, Venom's kind of got like, like one of the hero. And then um, uh, to me, he's always been one of the coolest Spider Man villains. <laughs> yeah, no, know. it's really Is cool he a how villain? they do it too because he jumps around <laughs> different, um, you know, since he's a symbiote, you know, he kind of takes hold of different people throughout the story and. And then you get like a little spoiler, or not a, a teaser at the in the credits of like who the villain will be in the next game, which I won't say. But um, no. yeah, no, like, awesome. it, it's I mean, awesome. It's great. And then, like I said, I, I've talked about this with Miles Morales, <laughs> but like there might not be a more satisfying experience than swinging around a Spider-Man in, in video games. Yeah. Like, it is just super satisfying. It, it yeah. yeah, it it is, and I've been playing that one too, and I can't wait to beat it. Uh, and one of the things that I love about Spider-Man, the the games one, Miles Morales, and now two, is that the the game feels like really alive, and the side quests feel worth doing because they have these really great little stories of the communities and stuff like that, um, and that make you feel really. It, it makes you feel like you're actually a part of something, and you're actually like saving people. You have an that, effect. Yeah, I exactly, so, and like. I, like wanting to go to new york every time i play because yeah you're <laughs> so much right like, it feels like it yeah. really feels like you're in new york like just and you're like fuck i wish i was actually there like it really sucks <laughs> you into like the into the new yeah. york vibe and like the, like alex said like interacting with the community and mm-hmm. yeah i mean and, like uh, yeah oh i was gonna say there's like a little like one of the side quest missions you can do is you can go and take pictures of like uh, spots around the area and they're always like food places and i'll take a photo and be like man i really want to go there and eat like a falafel or whatever it is that's awesome <laughs> i i'm definitely gonna pick it up one of these days because i mean i just as soon as i think spider-man game i think of the old um i mean i want to say it was an n64 when it got released right that that old spider-man <laughs> yeah. game that like started the oh man i'm sorry i'm sorry viewers i'm probably butchering it and not giving enough credit where it's due but um that old Spider-Man game was such an amazing experience, right? Like swinging around the city and and kind of. I think that was an Xbox. I think that was was Xbox. it Xbox Gen um, or so PS One? Yeah. Regardless, it was such an amazing experience that when and remind me the studio that does this one is um, Insomniac. Insomniac, yeah. So uh, Insomniac just like 
they just encapsulated everything that was amazing about those old Spider-Man games. Spider-Man is such, I mean, it's superheroes in general. It is such a great game to have as that open world feel, as long as you mm-hmm. can nail it, which is no easy task, of course. I mean, open world is, is notoriously a very difficult uh, experience. But it's very easy you, to be boring, yeah. It's very easy to also have that um, uncanny valley, right? Where you're just mm-hmm. like not getting the... It's trying so hard to be human and natural that it doesn't feel that way. But we think about games like GTA V or Cyberpunk 2077, these games that have created those successfully. I mean, they go down in history. um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of interesting going back to that conversation regarding, like, length of time where it's like, you know, those games, like, can feel kind of endless. I mean, uh, another one, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I spent, like, 100 hours in that game before I even, like, looked up. And, uh, and so it's, it's, I would, I really want to play Spider-Man 2. I'm definitely going to pick it up. Miles Morales to me is just such a cool Spider-Man. I love his story. I love his like unique take on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, 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 my next thing is, and don't, you don't have to spoil anything, but I'd love to see some Spider-Gwen in these games too. I think that would be so cool. That would be cool. Uh, yeah. But like it, I said, it's a natural yeah. next step, you know? Yeah. She is such uh, a cool character. So she uh, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this isn't a spoiler. Race. In this case, mm. oh, go ahead, Alex. I haven't seen those. Oh, I was gonna say this isn't like a spoiler, but you play as both Miles Morales and Spider Man in this one, yep. Yep. and the switching between them feels so natural <sighs> and so good. And in like when one person's story starts to get a little stale, it, you switch over, and like the the stories are so different that it's but like. Miles Morales focuses a lot on like the community. I think he's from Brooklyn. He is and from so Brooklyn. He, yeah, and yeah. so he's like he's and he's very much like a community man. He's yeah. like, hey, like these are my people. I want to be in here and having discussions and stuff like that. And and you know, like it's all about like diversity and stuff like that. And it's very like a warm, nice story. And then you go over to Peter, who has the story. Uh, he's more concerned about like I the stress of being Spider Man, yeah. and you know, like can he balance work life and Spider-Man and like, and his love life, right. With Mary Jane and everything. Yeah. And so well, like, interesting there's these, about that, is that like they're in different stages of their life. Right. Like yeah. mm-hmm. Peter's like 25. Mm-hmm. He's trying to hold down a job. Yeah. He's got like, you know, someone he's like romantically involved with, you know, he's dealt with like, well, Miles has dealt with extreme loss also with his dad, but like, they're just like different places of maturity where like, Miles yep. is like he's a senior in high school. Like he doesn't like he's mm-hmm. obviously very intelligent, but yeah, it's just like Peter's actually trying to like start his life, like really start his life. Or Miles is like, I got to do my intrix essay first college. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. like this mm-hmm. huge thing in the game where like he's keeps putting it off. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, it's that's it, great. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's such exciting stories. Like I, I, I've just been so. Um, happy to see Miles Morales coming into this like mm-hmm. the comic universe, and because you know Peter Parker is a great tried and true Spider Man, but Miles is such a great progression. But yeah, uh, that we'll we'll leave that to our comic podcast. <laughs> I <guess>. um, <laughs> well, I, uh, I want to touch on one thing because since we're talking about Spider Man, it's and we're talking about Insomniac, it's hard not to talk about the the breach, the data breach. Oh yeah, um, good. I didn't really call think, out. I didn't really think about. Uh, I didn't intend on really talking about this, but now that we kind of have a natural segue, I feel like there's no reason we shouldn't. Sure. Um, Tell me about it. So largest data breach in like, as far as like gigabytes uh, in video game history, as far as I could tell, I think it was like one, 
1.75 terabytes of data, including personal information about the developers and stuff, including like passports and stuff like that. And what? Yeah, and because a lot of the developers travel, right? And so it's sure the, the company yeah. will keep like a copy of their passport in case oh, they get like no. stuck somewhere, or whatever. They have that information, but um, that's terrible. So, but they, I don't know this this hacker, this kid actually uh, hacked into their stuff and took it, took everything, including like uh, copies of Wolverine, copies of other games and stuff like that. Released them, uh, and basically, like he said, like, hey, give me. I, I don't remember what it was. I want to say it was like five million in Bitcoin, and uh, they said no, and so he released yeah. it, and um, you know, and they're just like, "Hey, we're just going to deal with the aftermath." It sucks. It really sucks. I'm sure. Like, I feel so. I feel it's for the developers. Disgusting behavior. It's, it's so, absolutely disgusting. Yeah, just because some fucking kid was like, yeah. "I can do it," and blah 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 blah. You know, like I don't know. I haven't looked too much into the the background of the, the person themselves, but yeah. like. It's it's despicable. It's awful. It's, it's, it's punishing the wrong people. It's yeah. It's these people illegal. are trying to. I like, mean, it, yeah, yeah. I, it's completely. The part that like pisses me off the most about this is like these people, like developers, work so fucking hard to give people these amazing experiences. They like dedicate their entire lives for nothing. They, sometimes self-ruin like the relationships and shit because they're so fucking dedicated and i'm not saying that like is a bad thing i'm, I'm just trying to be you're just yeah here. you're you're but like yeah, they emphasizing. work so yeah. hard and then people like this dickhead who feels like entitled to the work that they've done goes and ruins it over like instantly like yeah. you know it's, it's just it it maddens me no it's it's absolutely disgusting it's uh, it's unethical it's I mean, it's, it, it, oh my god, okay, fire me. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. All right, you're canceled. <laughs> We're canceling Tyler. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he canceled himself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, no, you're, he canceled himself. I, um, I still, I, sorry, I laughed too hard and messed up my mic. Um. I mean, I, my point being is that, like, you know, in the age of computing and, you know, it's, it's, you know, if anyone out there, like, anyone out there listening, man, like, it's, this is not how we progress humanity. This is not how we compress computing and video game creation and all these amazing things. It's just, you know, it's just criminal. I mean, it's like, yeah. It, it's 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 nasty, and now you're really punishing these people who don't deserve it, who have put all their time and effort into yeah. it. So it's it's just it's sad. I'm really sorry to hear that, and I hope they uh, are able to. Yeah, you know, it, you know, provide I security. I appreciate a good hacker. I appreciate a good you counterculture. Yeah, I, I you know I have a lot of I have I have professional history in that. And if you're gonna hey, like if you're going to go for somebody, don't go for the good guys. Go fuck up, like, Russia or some shit. You know, like... Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, Russia I'm, takes down our yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding, Russia. I don't I don't really have any love for them, but don't come at me. Um, <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, find somebody who actually deserves it. Yeah. You know? Like, if you have this ability, and it's not a... It's, it's a very, like, expert-level skill to have. Like, don't take down the fucking good guys that are trying to do shit for you. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. You know? Go fucking take down some dickhead. Go go find some perverts or something, and like yeah. you know, do some shit like that. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and I mean, obviously, 
we live in a world where you know opportunity is is opportunity and people are can you know take advantage of that so i'm sorry to hear that and i hope i hope they're able to recover their information as best as possible and i'm glad mm-hmm. they didn't give in you know i know that uh uh you know in in a company like uh, that you work for, Alex, you're probably more familiar with like ransoming um, software and what. It's a very popular thing nowadays, and it's it's terrible. You know, we need to protect our information. So that's my PSA for today. Yep. Um, you know, don't be a dick. What have you been playing, <laughs> Alex? Let's let's keep keep this going. Yeah. So what have I been playing? I've been kind of jumping around a lot. I've been trying to catch up my backlog since we've had like you know the holiday. Yeah. Um, I beat the Dead Space remake. Because that's like oh, one of my favorite yeah. games of all time. I have been playing uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoints, kind of one of my guilty pleasure games. It's not, I, honestly, it's not that great of a game, but it's like kind of a one of those ones that like I just play casually to like zone out and go and pretend I'm a special forces guy. But um, <laughs> the one that I've been enjoying the most recently, I've been playing Spider Man Two as well, pretty casually. But the one that I um, have been playing over the break the most, I think, was the God of War Ragnarok DLC Valhalla. Oh. And, oh my god, I love that game so much. The people at Santa Monica Studio are true masters of their craft, and it's just so beautiful. <laughs> like I, I can't, couldn't agree more. There's it's no so other great. way for me to say it. Like, like, you know, I had beat God of War Ragnarok, and yeah. I have intentions of platinuming the, you know, getting all the trophies, and then um, continuing on and playing it, and I just haven't gone back to it. And then they dropped the DLC, and I was like, oh cool, like I can go and play this DLC. And it is oh it's so good so one is roguelike it's roguelike which is one of my favorite types of games that's probably you know my favorite genre then uh and and in true cinemaka studio like methodology it's this like it's never just the gameplay it's this like psychological evaluation of kratos and it's very cool so like basically um what this isn't spoiling anything i'm not going to say any major spoilers but basically what happens is kratos is invited to valhalla by some mysterious note that he gets and at the end of ragnarok skip the next few seconds if you haven't beat the game and you don't want spoilers i'll give you a second but if at the end of the it they have earmuffs um, at the at the end of Ragnarok, basically uh, Freya offers Kratos the position of God of War in in Midgar in the mm-hmm. in the in their realm, and he says like, "Let me think about it." You know, I I don't you know he's like I I was a dickhead in the past. I killed I'm wor- I you know killed thousands of people. I've I I I don't think I'm like worthy of the position. And she goes, "Well, just think about it." So in this one is him of uh going through Valhalla and basically atoning for all of his past sins. Wow. And so a lot of it actually takes place in like Greece. Well, not okay. takes place, but like his memories from Greece. Yeah. So they are uh, like, he'll go through and like Valhalla pulls from his memory. And it was like, do you remember this time you burned this guy alive? Wow. And, um, and you, you run through it. And like the first time he goes through and uh like basically burns the guy alive again and uh and it and it kills him and he goes hmm so that wasn't like right or whatever and then he goes and and like you know there's this dialogue constantly going during the level of him talking to him and Mimir and like other people and he's like you know he's kind of like atoning for his past actions and is saying like yeah it wasn't the right thing to do like i 
took this guy's life for my own personal vendetta, whatever. And then eventually he goes back and does a, does a, something different in there. Wow. Um, and so it's this really like interesting, like retrospective on who Kratos was and who he's becoming now. And I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm assuming at the end he kind of comes to a decision about like whether or not he's going to be the new God of war. I'm kind of assuming wow. he takes the position, but he, you know, he has to like, prove to himself that he's like a new person and atone for his past sin. so like it's not just a roguelike where you're just going and killing shit like you're really going through and you know like psychoanalyzing this like god who's murdered literally all of the greek pantheon so it's a really really good intense story great you know great mechanics there's new mechanics um, you know, you basically like get all your armor ripped off at the beginning, and then in true roguelike fashion, as you go through, you un- you like open up and it gives you bonuses, right? And so it's really fun to kind of like having played all of God of War with like a certain way, and then now it's like, hey, try something different, you know? Like yeah. here's all these things, uh, and you can like permanently upgrade and do all these things. So very good experience. Like I said, Sony Santa Monica is a literal master of their craft. I mean, and like, it's like, just you guys see solid. Hold on real quickly that. They did the joke, or I don't know if it's actually a joke, but uh, supposedly Kratos, his first name is John, and it's been all over John the internet. Kratos? So it's John Kratos. Really? Yeah, it, it was like a couple <laughs> days ago. It popped up. I don't know if it's real or not. I know Sony. Uh, oh, it just sounds like a meme. It, but I think it's a joke. But I was like, I tweeted out. I was like, clearly this is just a move. So Keanu Reeves can play him because he's been John oh. Wick and John Constantine. So if they name him John Kratos, it's like perfect for Keanu. <laughs> so I was like, good job, Sony. Way to like, you know, hey, Keanu, like, you want to be Kratos? But That's uh, funny because yeah, I was watching so John Wick last night. <laughs> yeah, so it's popping around the internet. I guess Sony confirmed oh, it. And... Yeah, no, it, it's, it's not it's a, a real joke, confirm. It's, so I'm yeah. looking at it right now. PlayStation UK's Twitter account retweeted somebody and said his name is john kratos that's my head canon now so like it was supposed <laughs> to be a joke but people are you know running with it <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny that's though funny. john kratos it's pretty funny yeah john kratos wow well Very that Greek fun. name. i need i still need to beat valhalla or uh yeah the ragnarok so uh will uh not not assassin's creed uh, i need to beat uh a god of war so yeah that sounds really fun um for myself, um, I know uh, I've been playing a lot of Boulder's Gate 3. Uh, still a lot to play in that game, but oh, I won't yeah. talk too much about that because we've been talking about it a lot. But I just continue to be inc- just in awe of that game um, and just how deep it can be. I mean, it's it's just incredible. I mean, it's really just incredible. It's not perfect 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 it's 99 percent, but it's just everything else is just so wonderful like i i just can't help but to love it um but as far as new games go um we had uh avatar frontiers of pandora come out uh that is a uh, ubisoft original um encompassing the world of pandora uh james cameron's world of pandora and it's a open world action uh rpg game um and uh i've been i've been really enjoying it uh i I know alex has been playing it a little bit with me as well um and it's uh i think there's a lot to say about it and i'll be honest i haven't seen any press i haven't seen any like community comments about it it just seems to be this really massive and kind of gorgeous game that i'm just not really seeing anything about 
and I'm, I, I yeah. agree. Like it, it, it kind of like flew under the radar a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and it's like not good, not bad. It press, just like no press. I'm just not really seeing press, but I gotta, I gotta be honest, guys. Um, you know, I'm trying to put on my unbiased goggles as much as possible, but I'm about 20 hours in, and uh, you know, just to just to talk about some pros and cons. I mean. If you're looking for an experience that where you can just jump into, you know, an interesting story, playing as a Navi on Pandora, exploring, uh, gathering, crafting, riding animals. Uh, if you're just looking for that really cool avatar experience, that like kind of like niche that you're when you watch the movies, you're like, wow, it would be fun to run around in a video game in this. It nails that. I mean, it it, <laughs> it nails that really really well i've taken more screenshots in this game in the first 20 hours than i think i've ever taken in any game um Mm -hmm. it just feels like every every single step i take is another insanely gorgeous uh just view or moment uh the scale of the game is ginormous i mean i'm not even halfway through the map and i've spent hours and hours just running around the map doing side quests or you know picking up puzzle uh or you know picking up uh various you know um important key items um it you know it almost has like a breath of the wild feel where you kind of can do whatever you want and you can you know it encourages that exploration through giving you you know resources or skill points or other various things um so you know i've been really enjoying it i but i just haven't seen any press around it it feels like people are kind of just like giving it a seven out of ten and walking away Mm -hmm. um and i'm like that's interesting because it's not perfect it has flaws um you know there's certain ubisoft elements i would say that i kind of get thrown off by um you know for one the button mapping it just feels weird the button mapping both is on weird. controller and on keyboard and mouse and i've tried both yeah to throw a grenade you have to hold x and then press the bumper just like it doesn't i don't understand yeah um yeah, to eat on computer, I had to hold Q, then tap T, then hold F. And I'm like, it's a lot to do when you're maybe getting attacked by a Xanator or something. So it's, it's. I think a lot of the key areas I was looking for in that game um, really hit perfectly. I wanted an incredibly gorgeous game, right? Like that was, that was just completely non-negotiable. If it didn't encompass Pandora and the gorgeousness that was created um for the avatar world right it was wasn't going to be a hit but they nailed that um Mm -hmm. and then you know from there on it was like the scope of the world how much were they going to throw in there which already seems pretty incredible and then i think another part that maybe not everyone's interested in but i really like is it's really expanding on the lore of that world like Mm -hmm. I love that, like, I'm I'm getting to interact with these different tribes and understand their customs and, and like, little bits of lore that you don't get from the movies. Um, so, like, right now, um, you know, I'm in the, I'm, like, with a clan of Na'vi that inhabit the fields. And so I'm learning all about them and how they make, uh, you know, their living and stuff. And this is all, you know, they didn't make any of this stuff. This is all taken from um, documents that you know, was created for the movie and the lore of the world. And so I, I, I just think it's a really fun open world experience. You know, it's not, gra- I, I wouldn't really say it's breaking ground on any new technologies um, other than the visual element being really fantastic. Um, you know, you're not going to see any mechanics that shock you. Um, but if you're okay with just experiencing the world of Pandora and Avatar, um, it's, it's a really great experience um, so far. 
I mean, I mm-hmm. think I'll probably put in like 60 to 80 hours without even thinking about it. Um, and once I finish it up, I'll report back. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying it so far. It has a co-op feature, which is great. So Alex and I have been playing a little bit together. Um, but I, I, I recommend it. I, I So far, it's been really fun. Yeah, that's a great, uh, like, great synopsis of it. Like, I, you know, I, I've been playing it too. And like I can tell that when they just when they made the game. So like I agree. I do think it is kind of a seven out of ten. But the thing is, it's not the the seven out of ten is the the problem with the numbers is that it doesn't it doesn't like do a good job of explaining the game because it's like it's a seven out of ten because of certain things. But there's certain parts of the game that are are really worth playing and then there's some parts that are vanilla and the vanilla kind of pulls down that score but the parts that are good pull it up so it's yeah. kind of like you, you have to it depends on what you you know value so like you said the game the developers very clearly went in with saying hey listen this has to be gorgeous every inch. the world has to be gorgeous that is priority number one and they nailed it and i agree with that because for instance like i think that the um the, the story itself is good but i feel like the immersion with the people in the world could have been a little bit better um as far as like the way you interact and the way that like you talk to people and stuff like that like it feels very video gamey where you're like i'm chatting mm-hmm. with somebody and uh, there's a few cutscenes and stuff like that which are good but like in between those and on the side quests it feels like very video gamey but it I'm okay for them to sacrifice that for the beautiful world because yeah. if you make a Pandora game, an Avatar game, and it doesn't look like the movie's level of gorgeousness, they were going to have a problem. What's the point? Exactly. Yeah. So they yeah. were like, hey, like we need to prioritize that over basically everything else. And I think that was the right move. Yeah. I think that was the right it, move. It, which is funny because usually like that's something you might complain about. In a lot of video mm-hmm. games, that's my complaint. I'm like, wow, it looks gorgeous, but I'm not enjoying myself. Uh, but in this case, it's I was like, no, I agree with you. I think that makes a lot of sense to prioritize yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a special case. Um, I feel like they could, they do have some room for improvement in certain areas, but like the game overall is fun. Um, I think they, there's a little too much space in between things, in my opinion. But at the same time, if like... If you're going into this game that you just want to explore Pandora, maybe you disagree with me, yeah. right? And you say, like, I just want to explore Pandora. Um, I kind of like to stay in the action. So going from, like, you know, one area to another can can take a minute, especially before you get your, your mount. Um, before you get it, the yeah, mount, it's very, mount. very yeah. slow. And then after that, it's still even kind of slow. Um, and there's a little bit difficulty, I would say, traversing the map. I mean, not traversing, but uh, figuring out where things are on the map for your yeah. quest like and stuff like that. Um, even with, so they have two modes. There's like the guided mode, which shows you where everything is. And then there's like the exploration mode. And honestly, there's almost no difference, which is funny. But yeah. the only difference is that if you use your like Navi vision, it shows you kind of in the general direction where you're supposed to go. That's like literally the only difference. But uh, even with that, finding things is very hard because there's a lot of um, elevation in the game and so you're like okay i'm at the location but is it like a thousand miles above me on this floating rock is it, is underground? it in a cave yeah. is it underground is it in a building i don't know so it's been kind of hard to traverse things so but i mean i i'm not complaining i like the game like yeah. i'm just saying like you know the, the, well, the devil's speaking, advocate here speaking of the exploration mode versus the guided mode they did ubisoft did the exact same thing in assassin's creed odyssey and probably all of the Assassin's Creed's, but I, I don't know that for a fact. And I've always kind of hated it, because I always 
it asked me in the beginning of the game, and I'm like, well, exploration, of course. Like, if the if the game is guiding me correctly, I mm-hmm. should be able to do exploration mode fairly easily. And then I always end up switching to guided, because it's like, it'll be like some dialogue, like, well, go get the grapes for me. And I'm like, well, that's not telling me where the grapes <laughs> exactly. are. You know, I'm like, like, tell me at least the direction. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> like, we're in a vineyard, dude. And then it'll be like some random location. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I just spent like 45 minutes trying to look for something that like was super inconsequential. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it's to me, like it, at some point it gets frustrating. And and here's the thing about Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Everything's super camouflaged, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, Even if you... Yeah, it'll be like, go talk right to this it. Navi. Yeah, it'll be like, <laughs> talk to this Navi. I could literally be staring them in the face, and I would not see them against the grain of the rest of the forest. And yeah. it's like, well, I'm like, that makes sense, but like, it's not great for video gaming, right? Yeah, totally. You know how many buildings I've walked by because there's like growth on them, and you can't and it's see in it? a tree. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like, I'm, <laughs> so it's like, it's. I ended up switching to guided mode because I'm like. I don't want most of the time of I don't want most of my gameplay to be searching, and I know if I do do that, I'm not going to enjoy the game. So I was like, okay, go to guided and just keep playing, um, because the guided even is just a general location. So I'm still doing some of that yeah, anyway. <laughs> the guided is still not that like I mean it's significantly easier, but it's only like one extra feature it's not well, like it does also it marks it on the map and it gives you the location with your navi sense right That's yeah when the two you're close things. yeah only when you're close but well, yeah it, it's pretty far but either way um i don't know to me after using it i'm like why would i not right i, I Unless you really, really enjoy, like, the survival game part mm-hmm. of this. And that's another thing to talk about with this game, which is interesting, is it's kind of, like, 30% survival game. Like, 60-70% action game. But it's funny because it could kind of be both. But it tends yeah. to lean towards the action game. and Which is interesting, because I've played a lot of, like, Ark Survival Evolved, you know, Rust or whatever. and uh, And I get a lot of, like... Man, like, are they just gonna like? They can make this like a survival game. Like, they could, park. and like, it, they could totally do that. And it would, and be it would cool. be fun. It Imagine would be if they had like a human faction, right? So you could not only be Navi, but you could be humans, and you could have like a little battle. Oh, or what something. if you were a human and then you could jump into the av- oh, your avatar, right? So you build cool. your human base. And then you go and hunt stuff in your avatar. Now that would talking. be cool. You go out as a human form and just get, like, wrecked immediately. Yeah. Wow, that would be fun. Cool idea. All right, we'll, we'll send that over to Ubisoft. Yeah, um, yep, we'll send uh, it. Yeah, no, I think really fun game, really enjoyable. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's kind of what I've been playing. Awesome, yeah. So, um, before we continue, then, uh, I just want to say we really appreciate everyone who follows us and subscribes to us. We post new episodes every Tuesday at 8 a.m. East Coast time on podcast services and YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram at and YouTube at Pixelated Realms Podcast. Now, we don't have any sponsors. We're a very small podcast. We are just a couple of friends talking about video games. And the best way, we're not asking for any money or any of that kind of stuff. What The, only, the best way that you can support us is by going to our channels and subscribing and following and commenting on our, our content. It's um, We really appreciate for everybody who's listening. We really appreciate your engagement. Um, and, oh, and, and you know what? I almost forgot. So we also have a way for you, if you want to bring up something during the show, 
and we're going to talk about this at the end as well. Um, go, you can go to pixelatedrealms.org slash ask, that's A-S-K, and fill out a quick Google form and ask us a question, leave a comment, um, something that you want us to bring up on, on the show, and we'll go ahead and talk about it. So, for instance, we actually have two responses today that we're going to talk about, which is yeah. very exciting. And at the very end of the show, we'll go ahead and respond to those. So if you have anything that you want to say or share or, or anything like that, um, feel free to go to pixelatedrealms.org slash ask. Right. Thank you. So um, I think the next thing that we wanted to talk about then was our kind of predictions of the future. So um, let's start with, so we're going to talk about maybe potential future consoles, but I think first um, let's briefly, without diving too deep into it, because we don't have that much time left, but uh, what what are you guys looking forward to in 2024? What's your most anticipated games or, or just game related anything? Tyler. Let's see here. So there's there, there's a lot. Um, I think one that just comes to mind, although might not be like my most anticipated, but one I'm very interested in watching over is actually Dragon's Dogma Two. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, if you've ever played the Dragon's Dogma series, it's a very like has a very dedicated fan base. It's a very mm-hmm. like lengthy RPG. Um, it's very like you know, like, oh, walk from this city to this city and enjoy it kind of game. Like, it, it involves some legwork, but the animations are incredible. The uh, storytelling and the world, like, depth is really interesting. So if you've seen any trailers for the new Dragon's Dogma 2, it just looks like they took everything from the first game and just made it ten times better. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that game. I, I'm an RPG fanatic. I love it. Even if I only beat half of it, I'll, I'll still enjoy myself. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, and a dozen others. How about you, Dustin? What do you got for us? I mean, I've mentioned this one already on the past shows, but like Ghost of Tsushima 2, definitely my most anticipated game for this year. Day one mm-hmm. purchase. The first one's amazing. Uh, probably my favorite game I played last year. And um, so, yeah, definitely that. Um, be interesting to see how they can actually like make it better. You know, like it's mm. really good. So. <laughs> You know, I, I know the expectations are, like, really high on it. It's kind of like, if they can do anything near what, like, again, like, Insomniac's been able to do with Spider-Man series, and just, like, yeah, take it, just doesn't have to be that much better, or even better, just, like, at least the same, or just, and add a couple new innovations <laughs> onto an already amazing, like, like foundation, I'll be really happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, what do you got, Alex? Yeah, I agree. Ghost of Tsushima two would be amazing. Um, I don't, I don't. They haven't announced a release date for that one yet. But if that came out this year, my mind would just be blown. That would be, that would for sure be the game of the year. There's, yeah. I'm kind of like looking at what has been released and this year, and I think, I mean, as assuming it's not, you know, like it comes out in a good state, I think that would be like a for sure win. Um, yeah, but rumors for me, are it's as far as like what, like it's already done according to some of the rumors that have come out. So. They wow. do announce that it could be like a really short Ooh. campaign, like in campaign I in terms love of like Shadow announcement to release. Yeah, I love that. I love when companies do that stuff. Like I, I remember I want to say it was like Fallout Four or something like that, where they're like, "Hey, Fallout Four, we're announcing. Guess what? It comes out in two months." And you're like, "Yes," because <laughs> like the hype is so fresh and so ready, and you're like, "I get this now." 
like that is it's it's just great but it takes a lot of patience by the uh, companies to do that and so and a lot yeah, of it's ballsy <laughs> it is ballsy and you have to prevent leaks and stuff but um i i actually am looking forward to uh star wars outlaws so that's the open world star wars game so that's coming out sometime this year uh dragon dogma 2 as well i'm super I'm, excited I'm for outlaws like i haven't seen too much just the trailers they've released but I mean, obviously, we're we're big Star Wars fans, so that's no uh, no secret. But yeah, big um, surprise. It's just like we've always wanted something like this, you know. It's just like with Fallen Order, or uh, you know, with Jedi Survivor, and all these great games that have um, come out with the uh, Star Wars IP. Like, you know, it, it's it just like with Avatar, right? Like, as long as you give the, your game a good star wars skin and it's a good you know good solid like foundation game like you're gonna succeed like i yeah the star wars is an easy it's a such a wonderful world and as long as you make a good game you know every other game that has the star wars ip attached to it like you know that's a solid game like ends up doing amazing um so i just love star wars games they tend to be just like amazing so i'm really looking forward to it um and uh can't wait to start doing jobs for jabba jabba the hud and all that stuff <laughs> yeah yeah, and then uh, lastly, Hades two. That's my last one. Oh, but, uh, Hades yeah. one is one of my favorite games of all time. It's such an amazing roguelite. If you haven't played it and you like those type of games, it is a ten out of ten. Such a good game. So I cannot wait for the second one to come out. This is the first time I think Supergiant has ever made a sequel. So I'm really oh. interested to see because um, they're a small indie company. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're small, but they're an indie company, and you know they've only made a handful of games. So you know they made like Bastion. They made Hades. What's the other one they made? Um, uh, Transistor. Transistor. Yeah. yeah, so some small stuff. But, like, you know, I think Bastion was very popular, but Hades is by far their most popular game. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. And so Hades 2, I'm just, like, super excited for. You know what's a game I'm excited for that is also coming out on my birthday is uh, uh, Justice League. Or, sorry, Suicide Squad killed the uh, Justice League. Um, oh, yeah. I love uh I love the Injustice series. I love, you know, I love DC comics of course, but um I love the Suicide Squad. It's just such a fun like idea. I love the the animated Suicide Squad films and and actually the most recent the Suicide Squad was great. Um so uh, I'm just really looking forward to it. It has that kind of like co-op-y like mission-based mm-hmm. co-op feel to it. Um I can't help but to like compare it a little bit to that that uh former the Avengers game that Square Enix produced and Ooh, just completely failed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean it just Not completely a... failed. And so I'm like I'm wondering I mean, if it's gonna was, go down that track. Sure. Yeah. Is it gonna go down that mm-hmm. track being just like a throwaway IP game or is it going to go down the track of actually working and being like a decent game so uh yeah i i hope it's a good game i mean it looks good um so far uh i mean it looks a little how do i put it i always have this weird feeling and this was the same in in avengers is when you have characters who can like fly and then you have characters who are like not magical and can't fly and then you're like trying to get them across the game map in the same amount of time and it never like works out right like that's how i felt in the avengers uh yeah it was like you're like uh, i'm trying to think of any character who could fly right now is like yeah iron man and then then you're like black widow and you're just like yeah wait up guys i'm coming it just feels like (laughs) yeah it it just feels like your co-op people end up like not 
I don't know, participating with each other. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how it turns out. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, which studio is producing this. Um, it's the same guys that do Arkham, if I remember right, which is um, – oh, God. It's uh, – Wait. Hold, hold for Google. Warner Brothers. Rocksteady. It's Rocksteady. Rocksteady. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I kind of um, – so, I mean, okay. they're – yeah. They're they're a good game company. They're yeah. a good game company. Though um the last one that they tried to do, I cannot remember. It was the Was that the Arkham Knights? Arkham Knights. Yeah. It didn't it didn't hit well. Um I don't think it was a, a resounding success. So it would be very interesting to see what if their lessons learned from that one transitions, yeah. you know. I always yeah, I played a little bit of Arkham Knight. It's just like all the Arkham games, I there's just a little funkiness with the kind of button mashing attacking system they have i always thought it was a bit boring where i'm like x x x x x x x counter x x x x x you know and so uh so i'm curious like sometimes that works depending on the the way the game is kind of formatted and that's fine because you have other things to worry about um but if that's all you're doing then it's boring (laughs) so uh yeah uh, that one's something i'm interested in um just to throw out one more for me here um let me bring back up. Actually, you know what? Hold up. Why don't you do one, Dustin, and get back to me? Well, I'm I think we're gonna you say Tekken Eight. Since oh, I don't. I'm not a Tekken player. Yeah, I'm not a Tekken yeah. player. I don't really. Um, although, uh, you know, I certainly try. Um, oh yeah, the other one I was just gonna say is. Uh, well, the the big one we didn't mention is uh, Final Fantasy Rebirth. Oh, Final Fantasy yeah. Rebirth. I'm actually. I think I'm officially over Final Fantasy, the new Final Fantasy stuff. The I, the new format. The you new. Say. I <laughs> I didn't love the Final Fantasy VII remake. I I liked it, but uh, I don't know. It just didn't hit the same for me, and it felt very railroaded and mm, interesting and stuff like that. Uh, and like it's almost like I rather just watch a YouTube recap of it, and I would mm. get the same feelings. Because the story is, you know, the story is really cool and stuff. But as far as a video game, I just didn't feel the immersion. Interesting. And and Final Fantasy sixteen, um, which I did beat, I liked, but there was a lot of slog in it that I was just kind of like I could have done without. Like I felt like the game could have been half as long. Yeah. And and so like Rebirth is really gonna have to come out and just bang for me to want to have to play it because otherwise I'm yeah. just gonna watch it on YouTube. I think my opinion's a little different than yours on that. I personally, I gave the first one, which what reintegrate, I think was the updated name of it. Um, I mean, I for me, it was a ten out of ten, with a caveat, or maybe maybe I'll give it a nine out of ten. Stepping back a second, um, as far as once, you know, this is the theme of this episode. Looks wise, I just thought it was really amazing, and it. Mm-hmm. it it did for me. It immersed me in the world and gave me perspective on that world that I just never gained from the play, PlayStation One kind of you know flocky graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it developed the characters so well. I I cried like I, I don't want to I don't want to ruin anything, but either way, like these characters felt so real and so like interactive mm-hmm. and uh, you know. So I was I was really happy with it. To me, you know, the combat was fine. That's what mm-hmm. I would say. It's it's yeah. The, I, I I would it, even say fine. I did not like. It's the not. It's not compelling to me personally. Personally, and sorry guys, we're old farts in this, but I just I'm a turn based 
Final Fantasy person. Like, I understand that they have to. They're <laughs> they're pivoting. Dustin's thumbs downing me. Uh, I, I understand they had to pivot. I'm. I understand the marketing reasons why you have to pivot the series, but to me, turn based is what is is pivotal to Final Fantasy and this new format. Is it's it's like taking all the things I love about Final Fantasy and then taking out the video game portion I love and getting rid of it. And so mm-hmm. I still love Final Fantasy, but like I don't enjoy myself with the combat aspect as much. It doesn't feel as gratifying, certainly. I mean, I to me Final Fantasy turn based like my guy has one health, everyone else is dead. I'm gonna try to like a- attack the guy and and kill the boss before my game ends. Like that tension is so gratifying to me but then like in the new system it, i i really just i'm just like okay i use the power when it comes off cooldown and then i'm just hitting them the rest of the time i don't feel like i have as much um there's less strategy i and and yeah and don't get me wrong viewers like we you can you know you can make it complicated like you could switch characters and i was i was you know switching characters switching gear combinations like it was it's still a fun like functional game um but that grand strategy, it, it just, you know, it, it it's just not there in the new games for me. So either way, I'm really going to enjoy Rebirth. Uh, I'm going to dive into it. I'm going to play it. I love the story of Seven. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, kind of how things and uh, develop. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's I, I, how do I put this? I just like to take these changes gracefully. Yes, yeah. but I like turn-based sure but whatever this is what i'm getting and and i'm gonna appreciate Mm -hmm. it because it's still a feat of engineering right (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's still a beautiful game all right i'm gonna move us on because we're already like way over time uh and we have one more thing to talk about so new year new predictions it's been said that there might be some new consoles this year do you guys think it's gonna happen so the big the big prediction is a new switch yep the switch is surprisingly old it feels like it just came out but it's like I don't know, eight or nine, ten years old now. It's pretty old now, yeah. Which is, is oh, I hate, I hate that that happens now. Like you're like, oh, that, that what that came out like four or five years ago, and you're like, dude, that came out ten years ago, and you're like, oh. I know. Okay, well, so new Switch is is a high probability. My, what I I, I do think that's going to happen. I honestly, is, yeah. I do think it's going to happen. Whether it's a Switch Two or a Switch Pro or a super switch or or whatever which i think they should do i think they should do super nintendo switch right like super nintendo but um uh, i heard that somewhere that was not an original idea but um my, what i think is going to happen is i think they're going to announce a new switch and i think it's going to be bundled with the new metroid prime mm, interesting because I, they had yeah. that had, that got delayed right metroid prime 2 mm. so they remaked metroid prime metroid prime 2 was supposed to be a, a system seller and it ended up getting delayed because Nintendo wasn't happy with the progress that had been made on it. The quality of the game wasn't where they wanted. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to say, hey, new consoles coming out. And this game that we've been promising for years is going to be bundled with it. Yeah. I, I mean, the little reason. Like, mm-hmm. I think it'll come out at the same time. That's or what maybe, you mean. Yeah, flagship, yeah. whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, launch yeah. with it. Yeah. I mean, I've been exploring some of the rumors a little bit, and I mean, it seems like the consensus is there's definitely going to be a Switch 2, or whatever that means, in 2024, which it makes perfect sense, and mm. honestly, it, it's time, although it hasn't felt like it. Um, it's I think it's very, years, you know, actually. every... That's still pretty long. Seven years? I mean, that's that's a long time, and it 
at least at least it used to be a long time. Now that the that that distance is getting greater because technology advanced, but uh, regardless, um, we're definitely going to see some kind of switch variation. I think the cons- obviously the consensus is it's going to be a variation, an enhancement, a you know a mm-hmm. second version of the switch as opposed to some kind of new uh design which of course i don't think anyone who follows nintendo is like yeah why like to me the switch does not feel like it's done yet at all right I, yeah it's not time for the new like i i know when the wii u came out it was kind of like okay cool and then like all right it's time for something new but like the switch i don't feel that i'm like no we're still super solid i love my switch i use it um but they need they need hardware updates, man. Uh, I'm so mm-hmm. tired of seeing like game communities be like, "This game came out for Sw- Hogwarts Legacy came out and it looks or like Mortal crap. Kombat, Mortal yeah, Kombat exactly. with the like Mortal really Kombat. shitty." And I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, and I'm not trying to like shame the users. I I don't think these games should have been ported to Switch. I think that's yeah. that's what went wrong. But it's a seven year old handheld console, guys. Hogwarts Legacy, Mortal Kombat, these are all like really demanding games that my yeah. mid to upper tier gaming pc has to you know use some power to and the to... switch was never designed to be it a was not designed for that and nintendo and... never does that that's what nintendo is nintendo makes their games very bright and like they're not yeah. like massively graphic intense games but they look amazing but those are like first party you know so yeah you bring over like a third party game like a hogwarts legacy that's built for a 3080 ti you know, yep. and yeah, it's not going to look that good. <laughs> I mean, even no, when I, I was playing Xenoblade Chronicles too. I mean, even Xenoblade Chronicles struggles on the uh, Switch, and I have I have a day one Switch. I bought it the day of release, and so um, like I'm desiring faster processing with my Switch. Um, mm-hmm. I would be willing to put down money to make that happen. Um, and so, yeah, I really hope they do create a uh, better processing. I love OLEDs, so I'd love to get an yeah. OLED on it as well, if that's you know an option. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think this is all. Yeah, they I think the there's nothing surprising, weird. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, better graphics, better processor, slightly more the same. The thing is, though, Nintendo doesn't play by the rules. Fair. What do you think the chances are that they come out with something just wacky? <laughs> I mean, they love their like, like light versions, but they kind of already just did that, and then they like. There's, a, there's you know, they, there's an OLED. Yeah, there's two new versions yeah. of the switches: the OLED and there's the light, and then the standard. So they've already have like that. But I mean, think about the the differences between the Nintendo 64 with the weird banana controller to. The GameCube, right? To Wii, to the Wii, to the Wii U, to the Switch. Like Nintendo does whatever the hell they want. They don't give a shit. Oh, they're all about it. Yeah, they're all about experimentation. They've had failures. They've had successes. Like absolutely. Um. So I mean, I kind of, I kind of trust them when it comes to that thing. Like (laughs) uh, setting up a multiplayer server. I don't, I don't trust Nintendo. I would never, (laughs) never. They've never even tried to claim that they were good at that. So viewers bad. i just opened up my a uh, 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 can of worms i don't even want to get into and that's online lobbies for nintendo skip. Um, but <laughs> skip <laughs> uh but yeah i mean I, you know i'm looking forward to it i hope they do unleash some fun stuff uh but i want the switch to keep going i want to keep using my switch i love it i i think it's the m- smartest thing they've done in years to say mm-hmm. game boy console 
why not both? <laughs> I think that'd so, be yeah. crazy uh, not to, uh, if anything, make if not a switch to at least a new handheld because handhelds are hot right really? now. Mm. You know, like I mean, but yep. you don't think the Switch Lite is just that? I mean, it's a cheaper version, but if we're talking like a better version of the Switch, right? I could whatever they innovate to, I, I still think it will be a handheld again. Because Steam Deck, I think, is doing a lot better than anybody really expected. I didn't think it was actually going to do that well. I think it's dumb, personally. Um, you know, but then, like, but like, I think Lenovo put out a handheld. Like, I mean, like, all these companies are coming out with handhelds right now. Is, so, yeah. I mean, but that's, but that's because of the Switch, out, not... Exactly. So Nintendo yeah. should reclaim its place and say, cool, I see. here's yeah. our new one. It's even better. Like, it's now yeah. shits on all these ones that just came out. Like, this is a new handout everyone needs to buy. And by the way, all these games that we came out with on the Switch now run on this system better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I you want a Hogwarts Legacy, you're mad about it, we'll play it on a new one. It looks just like you would on your PC. I think the one thing people have yeah. to remember is that it's very likely that whatever Nintendo does come out with will still be less powerful than a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series Oh, yeah. Of course. Yep. Yeah, I think we'll, well probably get, like, an Xbox yeah. Series S quality, like, level of, like, graphic or processing, well, things like that. That's something I want to talk about, too, though, is... So, I got my PS5 a year ago. I've only had it for a year, but... You know, I and, and the games run really well, but, like, as someone who's a PC gamer and, and just has a addiction to trying to create more frames and better quality um you know i'm are we gonna get a ps5 pro or you know enhanced ps5 yeah i was gonna ask that question too so you know i i feel like we're not gonna be surprised if a switch 2 comes out but what do we think the chances are that the other consoles are gonna come out with some new version now i don't think there's gonna be a ps6 obviously it's only been out for what like four years three four years Jeez. but but uh i mean i guess that's still a long time but it's like, are we going to get... We, we got the Slim this year, right? I was about to say, I think, the Slim, is that going to be coming out, or is that just coming I out? I think it came, it came out already. I think it just came out. Okay. But um, does that mean maybe we're going to get a Pro this year? Oh, yeah, you know? November of this year. Okay. You know, so is it going to be like holiday season of this year, PS5 yes. Pro? Or Xbox Series X I'll be Pro, surprised whatever. if we get a Pro this year. Uh, well, let me see here. Xbox oh. Series X Pro 360 720 yeah. Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Version 2. Version 2. Revision oh, 6. Cells, they just loop, uh, they just bundle like PlayStation 4 and like all of them together into one. I'm trying to see like, yeah. when was the date of the last time like something like that happened where they came out with like the upgraded version of the current gen? Well, we don't have a, any kind of enhanced PS5 right now. I mean, I think it's the timeline makes sense. So it, to me, in my head, but, it's usually like the Slim comes out, and then they're like, okay, all that room we saved with the Slim, we can throw in more junk and you know make it more powerful. Yeah, I don't know. As far as like business sense, does it make sense to release a Slim and then the year later a Pro? Or do you wait two years? Like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't quite know what how that would work. It was exactly um, you, three you know, years almost to the day from the PlayStation 4. It was November 15, 2013. 
PlayStation 4 Pro is November 10th, 2016. Mm, so we would be about that time frame. Yeah, because yeah, PlayStation well, uh, 5 we'll launched in mean, 2020. Yeah. So we're actually uh, late. I think. Theory. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't think I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't bet money on it. Yeah. It's kind of, I think, where I'm at now with that, with the, at least with PlayStation. Xbox, I had no idea, honestly, what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Xbox, Xbox is, in my kind of opinion, they lower the priority on their consoles because they're building a games platform across devices. I was about to say, they've changed their approach, though. Because yeah. with Xbox Pass and the Xbox app, um, you know, for a while there, I really felt like Xbox and Microsoft lost a lot of steam. But now that we have um, this, this like they're they're embracing this PC compatibility aspect, and they're saying, yeah. you know what? Why shouldn't you be able to play on Xbox on your PC or on your Xbox console? Yeah. And uh, I think that's incredibly smart, and it's pulled me into the Xbox world and has me mm-hmm. paying the fifteen bucks a month to get Xbox yeah. Pass. Uh, they so they've. They're they they're really taking a different approach. It's like you yeah. said, it's not about the console. Yeah, I mean, and Sony's scared. Like they're they're for sure scared about this because Xbox has been playing the long game, and yeah. I think they've been playing the long game for a while now. And it, you know, I think what's I think because PlayStation kind of has been winning the war, right, whatever. And on exclusive, yeah, and they, like dominating, they're dominating. The war. And I think I I want to say I don't know maybe like six seven years ago I want to say Xbox kind of took a step back and said, "Listen, we're not going to be able to dominate them in one or two years. Let's create a ten year plan yeah. of what our strategy is going to be." And I think that is now starting to bear fruit. And that is all the acquisitions. Yeah. That is building out their platform across systems, yeah. not just focusing on the pla- the console exclusivity. And I think it's really paying for them. It's very paying smart. out for them because and so that's why like I'm I'm kind of hesitant to say like I don't as far as consoles are for Xbox, like I don't know if I even care because it's huh. like to me now it's like oh if a new Xbox comes out, I don't really care cuz I play on my my PC anyways or yeah. people play in the cloud or people play on their I don't even know what Fire Stick nowadays, who knows. But like yeah. It's it's like they the console is such a low priority to them. They're now focusing on getting their games everywhere and putting out a lot of games, right? And and, and they're succeeding, what, which is really I think interesting yeah. because I, I mean I've been I'm sure all of you have been too. Like I've been I've had the Xbox app for a while. I've been using it for a couple of years, but it it was just kind of like it was kind of a crappy beta app that I had on my computer, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, this is a cool idea. But two years later. It's almost a household thing to have a Game Pass. When I have I, I yeah. download a game and I go, hey guys, it's on Game Pass. Like, oh, okay, I'll try it out. So like they've actually become yeah. vernacular, like in integrate they've created Game Pass and this system uh and it's integrated into the community. And I think that deserves like someone saying something. You know, I'm like, Yeah. It used to just kind of be this thing, and now it's I, I keep getting updates, and I'm like, oh, this looks better. This looks better. This looks better. More more features, more integration, yeah. more games. Um, and you're playing games you normally wouldn't play yeah. because you're, like, kind of already paid for it, right? And so you're like, hey, this is, like, you know, and you're giving developers and, and studios a chance that you wouldn't normally have done, yeah. right? Like, there's so... It, well, think I, about I this, too. The number one played, uh, at least it was, I don't know if that's true this minute, um, but the number one, most popular games on Game Pass were, do you know? Do you know what the most popular <laughs> games on Game Pass were? Minecraft? No, it was actually Valorant and League of Legends. 
So their they're on Game Pass. <laughs> so their cheaters. partnership with Riot, yeah, they're on Game Pass. Their partnership with Riot is yielding these huge dividends. What have they Those done? They've done games. nothing. They're free games, yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's really it's interesting. Like they're using these partnerships very intelligently. Um, and like that's what I said. I'm like, why do I need Xbox Pass to go to the Riot launcher to launch the game? Personally, I I get no use out of it. Um, even if I was actively playing League of Legends or Valorant, marketing optics. But that, yeah, exactly. Putting it on the Game Pass has brought, I I don't know, an uncountable amount of people to these things. And and if you guys don't know, you know, uh, like Riot makes bank, man. <laughs> like Riot they, pulls in money. <laughs> I mean, for I don't think it gets talked about a lot, but like, isn't Riot like they have like the like all of their games are like the number one most played games. Of all time, like League I mean, of Legends was yeah. for a long time the number one most concurrent players of any game. I probably still is. Valorant is like top in the shooter genre. Like it's just, I mean, I do have a little bit of insight. So I used to work, um, I used to work she... with Riot in a in a in a capacity. Obviously, we had our uh, last episode. We I... had a, a Riot uh, employee on stream, um, so we can we can uh, talk with Logan more about some of that, but. Uh, I've, I've, you know, I've worked with Riot before, um, and I've kind of seen some of their business analysis, and they, it, it and we can spend a whole episode talking about Riot. And yeah, how we they should approach. probably start wrapping this up. By the way, yeah, of, way course, of course, time. I actually have to bounce, guys. I'm sorry, I got to leave a little early. I know you guys are going to wrap up soon, but it was a pleasure, and uh, we'll talk next week. All, All right. right, thank you, Dustin. Thank you right. for stopping by. Um, yeah, just final thoughts here. Um. Basically, Game Pass and Microsoft, they've just been very strategic. Like you said, they're not focusing on the console as much. They know they kind of lost that war, so they moved on to a different war. I think that's incredibly intelligent. Very smart decision. Uh, I'm integrating their uh, system. Like I said, Game Pass has become a mainstay in my uh, in my library. It's almost another Steam. And that's, that's yeah. becoming... It, it, you know, think about Epic Games, right? Like, they're, to me, Epic Games is a is trying to be steam and they're succeeding you know they're making money but like they're failing in a lot of ways but it feels like xbox is kind of coming up behind and being like no we're gonna do this too yeah Um, so it 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 makes the the future video games very interesting because we're gonna we're coming up to this point where like anybody can take the crown Mm -hmm. you know it's up for debate and it's no longer just oh playstation's dominating the console market yeah um so it's very interesting to see where that go and 2024 will be a, a, a fun year um, so I'm going to go ahead and move on. We are way over time. We, we, I don't think we've ever actually met time, so whatever, yeah. but, um, I'm going to go ahead and read. So we have two, two questions asked or kind of comments, awesome. I guess, from our pixelatedrealms.org slash ask, where you can ask us questions or comments or, or whatever you want, and we'll bring it up. So we have two responses here. So I'm going to go ahead and read them and I'm going to anonymize them a little bit, but, um, Okay. Hey guys, loving the podcast. Keep it up. Have either of you seen Thor over at Pirate Software? He's at Twitch slash YouTube. He's a Twitch slash YouTube streamer, game dev that has exploded in popularity. Went from 13K to 400 daily viewers. I'm going to skip that part a little bit. He (laughs) talks a ton of game devs and video game news while he's making his games. He does a great job at encouraging people to be creative and create their own games. Create, uh, even their own shitty, small shitty things. Build it, release it, <laughs> learn from experience. Always cool to see positive encouragement in the gaming industry that can be drowned out by the large corporations. Anyways, have a happy holiday. Can't wait to hear from you in the new year. I, Thank you for that. 
Yeah, if you don't mind, I'd love to address some of that. Um, Take comment. it away. First and foremost, thank you so much for sending that in. That's actually a really great, really um, relevant uh, question and comment um, to bring to our podcast. And I think uh, a lot of our viewers would be extremely interested in this individual. Um, I have had the pleasure of seeing uh, Pirate Software's uh, shorts. Um, I've kind of, you know, he did explode in the shorts realm, as was kind of mentioned in that comment. So um, please, please, please go check them out because we do not, um, we want to make sure he's getting all the the credit and viewership for his hard work, which is um, really great. Um, So just to talk a little bit about this individual, um, and I'll be perfectly honest, I didn't know his name was Thor, so that's great to know. Um, Really cool name. Um, (laughs) I know. (laughs) All right. I mean, come on. So uh, I've I've seen a lot of his shorts. Um, incredibly concise, intelligent individual who is um, has a lot of in uh, in company experience, in industry experience. His father was a Blizzard um, employee. Um, I think one of his most famous little shorts was talking about how his father was the model and the literal incarnation of the no life wow guy from the south park wow episode um re- please go watch it i That's don't awesome. i don't want to speak for him because he does it so well but uh, and he um, also worked at blizzard he also worked at blizzard for seven years before breaking off and creating his own game um his own game is called heartbound so shout out to heartbound i haven't had a chance to play it yet but i'm very interested in playing it um yeah so just to elaborate on that comment a little bit um we are we we love uh i i know alex is less familiar than myself but um, uh, yeah this is I, this is the first i've ever heard of him yeah. so, I mean, so uh um, pirate software thor um he really aligns with our viewpoint on how we love to approach games he has incredible insider knowledge and his stories and insights into gr- creativity and game development to me are what we need we need people like him to exist and to show us that creativity should not be pulling teeth and should not be pulling hair and we should not be slaves to these corporate overlords who force us to create content and create um, products and shove them out just to make a quick buck but the yeah, artist yeah with the man yeah and and the artistic I'm not even, that's not a joke i'm like totally for yeah. it <laughs> and, and and you know we really encourage I, I personally encourage everyone to go check him out. Um he deserves every view he's getting yeah. and all the credit he's getting. Um and he's just a funny you know, he's a funny guy with great stories. Um and and so yeah, I, I'm gonna continue following him. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check him out. Um so our th- thank you for that. I I'm glad you were familiar because I had never heard of him, but I am hundred percent gonna go and follow this guy. Um so the next one that we got was Hey dudes, now we're into 2024. What's your most anticipated games or gaming news for the year? Any outrageous predictions? I uh, think there will be a new Xbox, PS5 Pro, Switch 2 this year. Thoughts if it's good or just dilutes the market? Love the content. Keep it up. Thanks. So I feel like we did answer this one a little bit. Um, Switch 2, yes. PS5 Pro, maybe. Xbox, don't, don't care. Um, not because we don't like Xbox, but because what we discussed already. Uh, will it dilute the market? I actually don't think so. Um, I think I think we're right about that time where it should it should happen where we need a, a hardware refresh where the games are starting to get better and the hardware is struggling to keep up and that's when that's the natural time for us to to move on and get some new stuff and everybody likes new stuff so um couldn't agree more yeah thank you for the comment and I think we did talk about our most anticipated games and and crazy predictions so 
Um, thank you for the question. Really appreciate it. And if you want to leave your own question, I'm going to say it one more time. You can go to pixelatedrealms.org slash ask. So I think that's it for us today. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We post new episodes every Tuesday at 8 a.m. East Coast on podcast services and YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram, threads, and YouTube at Pixelated Realms Podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening.